Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings. Two separate shows. You can find each of these as standalone videos up on Mayo Media Network YouTube channel, which please go subscribe to. Even if you're an audio listener, just go to subscribe to this. I mean, of course you're an audio listener. You're fucking listening to this. What am I saying? Give my head a shake, pal. Mayo, you idiot. Either way, uh, first up is going to be Justin Freeman and David Jones breaking down GPP strategy and things you need to do in the DraftKings Showdown contest before we get into the actual game itself. Houston the Kansas City in the picks for that. Then Jake Seely is up afterwards. Obviously, we did our rankings debate show. I go download that show and go listen to it. It was a good show. We got into like a fight. It was perfect. Uh, but he came on to update some of the Jacksonville news in terms of running backs, Leonard Fournette, and just all of the different things that we've seen play out over the past three days and how those affect the rankings at all. You can find everything in the description of this video and podcast. That video is also up standalone on Mayo Media Network too. So rate and review the podcast. Oh, and I'm doing a giveaway for FTN Daily and FTNBets.com. Uh, if you use promo code Mayo, subscribe to the football packages and you really should check this out the tools are fucking awesome over there if like you're someone who's serious about playing like if you're someone who like invests like 10 bucks a week don't do it uh, i'm not telling you like not to subscribe to it because i think it's a pretty good i the reason i joined up with the site is the product is fucking awesome but if you're someone who plays like more than 50 bucks a week on DraftKings or betting or whatever it might be the time that you will save by using this tool these tools is fucking incredible like it's awesome i no longer had 21 tabs open at the top of my screen with five different sports books open. No, it's just I go to ftnbets.com. Everything is populated in one place. And like, that's worth it for me because I'm into this. If you're into it too, highly recommend it. Use code Mayo at ftnbets.com and ftndaily.com from the DraftKings perspective side. And it does have a lot of season long stuff on it too. Uh, code Mayo gets you a discount. If you do that and screenshot me your purchase, Instagram, Twitter, the Pat Mayo experience at gmail.com. Uh, you'll get into a draw to get your money refunded for you and you get to keep the package uh, if you do that in the next week. So check it out. All right. On to the show. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience. Today, 2020 NFL DraftKings Showdown Strategy and some picks for the opening night. Texans at Chiefs DraftKings Showdown Contest. If you out there want to help out the show, you smash that like button. Give me your favorite captain's play for the Thursday night opener in the DraftKings Showdown Contest. Also, subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. And if you rate it five stars, I'll be greatly appreciating that. That would be very nice. If you do, you want to leave a review, even better. That would be fantastic. If you've missed out on anything else from the show and so far this week, we got a ton. Betting strategy, DraftKings strategy, spread picks, week one rankings, week one rankings update, and then we'll have DraftKings picks update again then live on sunday morning 10 a.m with brad evans taking your questions updating everything then back live monday morning with chris meany and gary and thorn recapping the week and getting to the waiver wire maybe some look aheads towards the bets into week two plus there's a bunch of u.s open stuff coming up there's a major in golf next week too a lot is going on on mayo media network so much that i can't cover it all so what i've done this year is Take some creators that I like, solid people in the DraftKings showdown, specifically industry, and I want to introduce you to them right now. They're going to be walking me through the strategy, walking me through the picks, and you're going to be able to find their videos up on Mayo Media Network and find their content on their own platform. So let's introduce the first one coming up, Justin Freeman. Uh, you can find him at cptspot.com, cptspot YouTube channel, which I recommend everyone go subscribe to right now. And... 
he's here. What's going on, my man? Thank you for being here. I'm living the dream, and I'm I'm really thrilled and honored that you refer to me as solid. You know, that's 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 quite a compliment. I, I am definitely a solid contributor to the showdown space. Not elite. I'm, I'm I'm maybe replacement level, but I'm solid. I'm a guy you feel comfortable taking that advice from. Uh, so you're going to be able to find all Justin's showdown picks and previews for the DraftKings slate for the Monday night football games. Those will be scheduled to be released on Sunday. So you get the entire day to entire two days. I mean, you're probably not going to watch it during football games, but after it's over, you're like, I lost all my money. I got to go chase it on Monday night showdown. Boom. It'll be there ready for you up on Mayo media network and introducing from FTNDaily.com. Also, if you subscribe to the football package for the year at FTN, daily.com or ftnbets.com within the next week using promo code mayo for a discount you screenshot that to me on instagram on twitter you email the pat mayo experience at gmail.com and you show me that you've bought the package and a few of you lucky people out there who have purchased it will get your money back and get to keep the entire package for the entirety of the football season we have david jones tenacious d what's going on my man Hey, Pat, what's up? We might even be able to throw in a couple FTN dad hats for whoever wins that package. We have some extras laying around, but man, I'm thrilled. Uh, football's finally back. They told us it might not happen. It's going to happen. We're going to get a full season. We're going to get a Super Bowl champion. We're going to win some showdowns. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, no problem. Uh, David is going to be contributing the Thursday night DraftKings video up on Mayo Media Network. So everyone, just whenever you see those videos, smash the like, go sub to Justin's YouTube channel. The more you can help everyone out here. That's one thing I really wanted when I launched Mayo Media Network was to find good creators in the space, people that do certain things much better than I do, and really be able to enhance that product and be able to push people back to their channels too because it's really cool that they're going to do this at least for the football season we'll see maybe david we can get you on basketball too uh, i don't do basketball but i hear you're quite good yeah we, we've got a, a couple more weeks left of basketball so yeah i'll definitely come back on appreciate it all right and you can check him out at ftndaily.com if you want to check out that basketball content but we're here to talk nfl showdown strategy uh, for the 2020 season. I guess you could apply it to next season and the season before unless the rules change, but this is what it is. So we'll start with you, David. If you're just starting showdown for the first time, there's the captain spot, there's the other flex positions. Is there any sort of like rules that you go into everything with when you think about it? Like, I want to take four guys from this team, two from this team, or vice versa. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. Do I take kickers and defenses? Like, How do you differentiate your teams to try to get to the top? Yeah, so the big thing for me with these showdown slates is, is correlation. So a lot of people will just look at the box score and try and put in, you know, the averages of all the guys that have been scoring the past few weeks and make mistakes. So like if you were to put two running backs and a quarterback from the same team on your showdown slate, there's no way you're going to win because the running backs aren't throwing passes to the running backs. You don't have a wide receiver for the quarterback to throw the ball to. It doesn't make any sense. It's not going to win. You have to really correlate your play. So if you want to do something like play a running back from one side, you might want to go get the wide receivers and the quarterback from the other team. Or if you have a running back, add the defense in too from that same team because those tend to correlate well because if you're getting a lot of stops, you might be winning the game, meaning that the running back's going to have the ball, be trying to take it up the middle, burn out the clock, a lot of stuff like that. So you just, once you make your team, you need to look it over and make sure that everything you've done made sense. And if it doesn't, then you need to start over because it's not a winning lineup. 
Uh, we are missing one member of the team here. We tried to get Drewby, Colin Drew, over at Daily Roto to join us because he's like the, the goat of showdowns, the guy who wins all the fucking money. Uh, leave some for the rest of us, Colin, if you're watching. But he always told me that try to tell a story with your lineup that if the story actually plays out, which it probably won't because, I mean, people bet 50-50 games on football and are completely wrong. So telling a smart story about six player props that intersect with one another is even harder. But hey, you win like a million bucks if you win. Justin, is that how you approach this? Is, hey, if the Chiefs are going to score a bunch of points, I need them to do it through these three guys on a Thursday or these four guys on a Thursday. And then if that happens, they jump out to a big lead. I'll need these guys to bring it back with on the Texans. Is that how you try to tell yourself a story? Yeah, telling a story, that's just great general advice and, and overall for, for building showdown lineups. Because let's face it, we're we're probably not emphasizing cash games when we're talking about the, playing the showdown contest. We're interested in these top heavy, large field GPPs. We want to throw the $10 into the main event there and, and cash it out for big sums of money, a six or seven figure payday. Like that's what makes playing showdown fun. And it all happens over the course of a single game. So like, how can your lineup tell the story? And David hit on some of those ways that we can use correlation. That's going to be a big thing. And, you know, Pat, you hit on some of those things too, which is, you know, you get six, lineup spots here on DraftKings. You get one captain and five flex. So there's a lot of different ways that you can attribute salary and attribute those positions to different players on different teams. In other words, you can go unbalanced with a four-two combination where you're playing four teams from the most likely team to take the victory and two from the underdog or a five-one stack. You can get as, as extreme as that, or you can go balanced with a three-three approach. But overall, you're looking to think about things a way that people around you are not thinking about and exploit those edges. Uh, Justin, we'll stick with you. What do you think the most common mistakes that people make in Showdown, besides me being like, oh, shit, it's five minutes till game time. I forgot to enter a lineup. Let me click six random people. Yeah, I think a big thing is people get overexposed to quarterbacks in the captain spot because, like, I, I think it comes natural to us. Like, we know quarterbacks are high-scoring fantasy positions, and they are. But you think about what happens when a quarterback scores a lot of points. And you know, we don't get a sample of a 13-game a, a Sunday slate here. We're talking one game here. So when that quarterback scores a lot of points, quite frequently he is outscored by a receiver teammate of his. And that could be a wide receiver. It could be a premier tight end. So we're talking about Chiefs-Texans here. We've got a really good tight end to look at and Travis Kelsey, who is eligible there for that captain spot consideration. And then the other thing you have to think about there is the, the salary ramifications. You know, it's going to cost you time and a half to put somebody into that captain spot. So, so putting Patrick Mahomes in there, the most expensive player on the slate, costs you 18-9 this week. We, we only get 50, 50K to work with. So uh, putting 18-9 in a single player really limits what you can do. And this is a slate where we're going to be trying to jam in as many playmakers as possible because there are explosive options all over the field. And if we don't bat 1,000 and go six for six here, we're going to lose money. Uh, David, what do you make of taking different styles of players? Like the Texans are kind of full of these guys where, you know, Will Fuller could have two catches and that could be worth 40 DraftKings points based on his profile, <laughs> the same as Brandon Cooks, where you have someone like Randall Cobb, who's kind of a floor player, to be perfectly honest with you. It feels like David Johnson may or may not be a floor player too. Like he's going to get his, you know, solid 12 DraftKings points and be on his way. Maybe he'll score two touchdowns and potentially break the slate, but that's more than likely not to happen. Would you go like, especially if we're talking about these top heavy GPPs that you always want to take the big play high a dot player. 
Um, yeah, I mean, you obviously want to get that big play player, but someone like David Johnson, let's just talk about like week one, what we expect is going to happen with this game. So David Johnson's coming in to be the workhorse taking over, not for DeAndre Hopkins, but he came over in the DeAndre Hopkins trade. And he's a guy that people were down on. So he's going to be a guy that Bill O'Brien wants to feed the ball to here, in my opinion. So he's obviously ahead of Duke Johnson. And one thing about David Johnson, too, is on DraftKings, you get a point per reception. So that's a really big thing people forget because David Johnson can go out there, catch four or five balls, and that's already four or five points. Add that to the receiving yards he gets, call it 40 or 50, you're halfway there. Then if he rushes for 70, 80 yards against a Kansas City team that was bad against the run last season, I mean, you're looking at you could potentially get 15 points, get him in the end zone. He could be a good captain for you. Um, What you have to make sure you do, is get these guys who you know are going to have the ball in their hands, like David Johnson, the Will Fullers, who's going to get a ton of targets with no Hopkins. And then you have to get a little sneaky with a cheap guy, like a Randall Cobb, like even a, uh, a Duke Johnson, if you're not playing David Johnson, and try and edge people out that way. Because you'll go back to last season, and every time a big GPP – uh, every time someone wins a big GPP, it's got a, a weird little single play in it, like a Byron Pringle who won someone $100,000 last year from the Kansas City Chiefs that no one wants to play because he ever hardly touches the ball. But this is football. It's the first game of the season. We don't have any preseason games to watch. We're not exactly sure which players are going to get targeted, which players are going to get in the end zone. We have a good idea. But, I mean, knowing these coaches, they're going to have a couple plays drawn up for guys that you don't expect. So let's stick with you on this one, David. In terms of captain spot, is there a general rule of thumb based on either what the game total might be, how large the favorite is in one team? And are you kind of on board with Justin where if you do take a quarterback and you do take Patrick Mahomes or even Deshaun Watson on a slate like this where they're so expensive, Mm -hmm. like what do you do with the rest of your roster? On DraftKings, I don't – feel that or find that the quarterback typically works in the captain spot just because it's not necessarily you have to have the guy who scores the most points in the captain spot on DraftKings. That's kind of a common mistake that I've found. You have to find the guy that has the best value who gets a lot of points, but also allows you to fit the other guys who are getting a ton of points in the lineup. So if you want to jam in the two quarterbacks, you want to get Watson, you want to get Mahomes, well, then you're playing Randall Cobb, you're playing Jordan Akins, and you're playing you know, Duke Johnson. It's not going to work out because those guys aren't on the field as much. You're going to have to get someone with big play upside, your Will Fuller, maybe your David uh, or your uh, David Johnson, and try and win it that way, maybe even a, a Kelsey. Um, but he he's priced pretty good this week, but – yeah, you need the best value captain, in my opinion. Well, Justin, the, the captain spot, CPT spot on YouTube, youtube.com slash CPT spot and CPT spot.com is the name of the game for you. So, you know, when those like random dudes pop up that are like 200 bucks on DraftKings showdown, and then you'll see people throw them into the captain spot. You should never do that, right? <laughs> It's not typically going to work out really well. You want to think about things as far as like projectable volume, like that, you know, projections have like a certain role in showdown formats. Like it's not a very big part of how we're looking at things, 
but it does play a part. So we, we can't just take like some random schlub at, at 200 bucks and throw them in there. It's just not going to work out. Um, so th there's probably a floor in there, but it's going to differ each and every week. And, and it's going to depend, uh, you know, slate by slate based on who you're going to be able to fit in there. So I think overall, like you do have to consider floor to a certain extent, because I think everybody and this Houston, Kansas City game is like a prime example of everybody wants to chase points like this is going to be a shootout game. But like not every game do you need outlier performances from each and every player sometimes you just need like a pretty ordinary day from the kicker and that's what you know the combinations work in a certain way where that's the way things come together to take down the six-figure top prize so just be flexible like there's no hard and fast rules um you can uh, people do get too cute though doing that sort of thing so you do want some sort of sustainable volume especially in the captain's box um, is there any way that you can win this with a single bullet? Because I, whenever I see like screenshots of people posting that they've won a showdown contest or won six figures, five figures, they're playing basically 100 to 150 lineups and trying to get as many combinations of these lineups as possible by tightening their core up and just going, boom, they're either going to win a bunch or they're going to lose everything that they have. Do you find like if you were to play one lineup, Justin, in showdown, you just want to make one solid lineup. You could play it in a cash game, but again, that's not what we're talking about. Let's say, would you enter it in like a higher stakes, smaller tournament, like a hundred dollar single entry, something like that, versus just trying to like chuck it out there and try to beat 200,000 people for a million bucks? Yeah, you'd certainly be way better off entering into single entry if you're just going to play one. There's no doubt about it. Like you're, you have to think about what is everybody else doing in this massive 150 entry tournament? And you have to think about duplication and uniqueness. That's going to be a super big thing um, because if you're playing what appears to you to be a pretty attractive, good-looking, solid, well-rounded showdown lineup, I guarantee you <laughs> with 355,882 other people playing in this thing, somebody else thought of it too. So that means like, well, you say, well, well Justin, sure, we'll, we'll chop a million bucks between two people. But I say, no, 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 you're not chopping a million with two people. You're chopping it with 700 people. So you have to be really careful about that. And now all of a sudden, your pretty good lineup is now negative expected value. So the math changes on that completely. Meanwhile, flip that script, put it in a single entry with 100 people in it, now, all of a sudden, you're cooking with grease. You've got something that can work. You can rise to the top of the leaderboard. You can, uh, you're going to be unique. You're going to take down top prize all for yourself. So that's definitely a much better allocation of that. Uh, David, over at ftndaily.com, uh, you can use the SaberSim product over there, along with all of the other DraftKings tools in order to find value. There are projections uploaded to the site. Uh, do you have any tips in using a product like that if you are going to make a bunch of lineups? Like, uh, you heard Justin talk about that, you know, once you get on the same page with everyone, you're going to end up being negative EV, even if you're having built a pretty solid roster if you're playing in one of these giant where they allow like the million dollar contest where they allow 150 entries that would you suggest things like hey when i have my cap of salary like leave 200 on the table and see if that just makes me unique uh that's a great rule and i'm glad you remind me of that i tell the subs all the time salary does not matter in showdown slates whatsoever in fact if you do spend your entire salary like justin said i mean you're definitely going to tie some people if you're just trying to cash that might be okay because in these big million dollar contests there's also a lot of really bad lineups because people are taking shots on receivers that won't even see the 
see the field. So you can cash that. Um, but to answer your first question about SaberSim, like some tips I would use on that, it's just still building that script. So you're going to hit optimize and you've got all the players in your pool. You need to take out, you're not, you don't need to play two running backs and a quarterback from the same team. You don't need to really play a running back and a quarterback from the same team, I found, unless that running back is catching passes. And that's going to change from week to week depending on how the team calls plays. So you have to be familiar with how these different NFL teams call plays. So you also want want to make sure like if you're going to play you know I usually don't go over two wide receivers maybe three max with a quarterback so if you're get spitting out a team that's got four wide receivers in it in your quarterback that's hoping for a little much you're hoping that these four wide receivers each get a touchdown or each you know exceed value it's probably not going to happen you're probably wishing too much you need to start narrowing that player pool and trying to tell that script you know through your optimizer and just making sure you don't have plays that aren't going to correlate well like you don't want four offensive players going against your defense on the other side things like that well, I think that some people get caught up and they see some of these winning lineups and they're fucking ridiculous. Like no one in their right mind would ever come up with this lineup. Like it has like two defenses, a kicker, some guy no one's ever heard of. It's like, oh, it won because the because Kyle Jurzik ended up like with two one yard plunges, and all of a sudden that none of the other San Francisco running backs did anything. There's like weird circumstances like that. It'd be like if Showdown existed in the old Packers days and John Kuhn was like available for four hundred bucks and everyone just used him. But I think David this puts people on a path where they think that's a really smart strategy to do because they saw someone else do it, win a million bucks, and think this is very common. It's not mm -hmm. common whatsoever, is it? No, it's not common. And another rule that you've reminded me of, I'm kind of getting back in, in, the, in the feel of things because it's been so long since uh, we've had NFL. But say if you want to try and take a shot on one of those weird cheap guys, like you can look at the Houston Texans, three wide receivers on the second team. You've got Kiki Kuti. DeAndre Carter and uh, Kenny Stills make a rule where you can't play more than one of those guys on a team because you're just trying to catch a, a touchdown from one of these second team guys it's unlikely that two second team guys especially on the Houston Texans are going to catch a touchdown so just make sure you're not taking too many shots on your lineups you're taking maybe one shot and then if you want to take you know you have two guys that you kind of like that are kind of fringe just make two lineups do it that way uh Justin when you think about ownership when it comes to showdown contest, I would think it's a, incredibly difficult to predict. But just thinking ahead to the Thursday night game, like you said, putting your quarterback in a captain spot is going to be something that's very popular, especially in a very high projected scoring game like this one. That would you think you could like create a rule for yourself like, hey, just fade both those guys in the captain spot and just off the hop, all of a sudden my lineup is looking good. And you have to use one of them in your flex, obviously, or both, depending on it. Like, would you, do you ever build a lineup that doesn't have a quarterback in it? I guess is my question. <laughs> yeah, a zero quarterback strategy is a losing strategy. Like, it's going to be really, really infrequent that you end up with zero quarterbacks, um, you know, in your lineup. So what I'd encourage you to do, on the other hand, is uh, – you know, think about how many you do need. Like, what are your salary constraints going to allow you to do? How unbalanced do you want to be with your particular lineup? And I think there, you'll find that there's a lot of ways to do to, to get cute without getting like overly cute, where you're just like really cutting down your EV. So, uh, you know, for, for me, uh, like I said, you know, quarterback is going to be a popular option in the captain. That's even more reason for me to not do it because a 
receivers tend to outscore quarterbacks during a good game when the quarterback has a good game and then B, all the ownerships at quarterback. So I want to get away from quarterback in the captain. I want pass catchers in the captain. I want pass catching running backs in the captain there as well. There's a lot of different ways to get there. You know, we're, we're going to take advantage of what we know about DraftKings. It's full PPR scoring. There's hundred yard bonuses. And both those are to the, uh, to the betterment of, of high profile pass catchers and sort of, that's sort of a, uh, a feather in the hat of a player like Will Fuller, if you will, um, you know, that say maybe a Kenny Stills or, or one of those sort of secondary options would not possess, you know, can Will Fuller hit the hundred yard bonus and, and catch several balls? Absolutely. That's well within his range of outcomes, you know, so I think making sure that you have some upside there is going to be critical and, and fading ownership, you know, that's all we know about tournaments and, and how to climb up leaderboards quickly is to be playing different guys than other people at, at very key ownership positions. So think about the flex as sort of an, an independent roster spot from the captain spot. And because that's, that's you know, we're going to get incremental change. We're going we're gonna to leap forward past people when we have um, great things happen to us and our captain spot. Uh, Justin, just kind of sticking with you on this one, do you ever look at the game totals for this or even the team totals from the betting market and say, oh, you see a game like the Chiefs and Texans projected over 50, you expect a lot of points. Well, let's say it was like Jets and Bills and it was 38 and a half in the game total and you heard there's going to be like bad weather in Buffalo or something like that. Would that lean you towards just completely blowing everything up and being like, oh, I will use a defense this time? And I will use a kicker in this game because I project it to be low scoring. Or is that off base from what you should actually be trying to do? Yeah, no, I think defenses and kickers both have a real role in, in building out good showdown lineups. And, um, you know, it, it sort of all depends on how things mesh together. Like try to get people out of the concept of using specific players and think more about how to use allocations of players and like getting back to the, the quarterback thing for just a second, because I had to pull up this number uh, only eight and a half percent of the time last year in DraftKings showdown slates um, was a quarterback where there, where there's zero quarterbacks in a lineup. However, we know that in 41% of games, there's at least one defense and in, you know, 56% of the, uh, excuse me, 40% of the games, there's at least one kicker. So, it's not like we're just, you know, we're, we're drawing dead by putting kickers and defenses in there. They have a spot, especially if we're trying to chase top prizes. So the, the question then becomes, going back to our earlier point, make the lineup tell a story. How can a kicker be a part of the story that you're telling with your lineup? How can a defense be a part of the story that you're telling with your lineup? Because believe it or not, Harrison Butker was in the millionaire winning lineup between Chiefs and Texans last year. Like, would you have liked to have played him? You probably wouldn't have felt good about it going into the game. But just the way the combinations, you know, it's all about combinations. The way the combinations all worked out, he was a great play in the flex, and it all worked out just fine. So, you know, you've got to think about, you know, there are there are correlations, and then there are rules. You know, rules are definitive. Correlations are a little bit gray. That means that player A tends to score well when player B tends to score well. Like, but that doesn't mean it always happens that way. So don't like box yourself in with hard and fast rules when you don't absolutely have to. Uh, David, do you have anything more to add on the terms of DraftKings showdown strategy before we get into the game? 
Uh, yeah, just, I mean, the big thing is just don't worry about your salary. I mentioned it before. It doesn't matter. Usually the people that win these things leave salary on the table. Um, and you know, don't be, don't be scared to take a, a shot on a weird guy, but don't take a shot on a guy that's you don't think is going to see the field at all. You can go back and look, uh, like last year who was getting on the field. I can tell you the chiefs run it pretty tight with their wide receivers. They're going to let these guys go, but it's the first game of the season. There was no preseason football. Go look at some reports. If you see someone that you think is getting uh, a targeted, like maybe, you know, like a Darrell Williams over a CEH, um, I think that might be a good place to go because people are going to go straight up to Clyde edwards Salar and forget that he might not get every single touch in this game. All right, let's get into the actual game. Thursday night, kickoff, Texans at Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champions in terms of DraftKings salary, the highest price player on the DraftKings slate for this game, no surprise, is Patrick Mahomes. If you want to make him your captain, it's $18,900. If you want to go to the other side and make Deshaun Watson your captain, it's $17,700. The rest of the top 10 in pricing as a captain, and again, the captain spot is 1.5 times, so a time and a half. Like Justin said earlier, you're working overtime if uh, you're taking one of these guys in your captain spot. It's Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Will Fuller, David Johnson, Brendan Cook, Sammy Watkins, and me, Cole Hardman, the caveman, me, Cole hard man but you know you have aj mccarron and matt moore and like the backup quarterbacks in there i've left them off the graphics because they're not starting so i don't really care unless you're siege i suppose who loves a good backup quarterback from time to time that, that's his in i would recommend not doing that but you know if you follow siege then that's got to be your move david captain spot where are you going here do you think if you're just playing a lineup or one or two or three or if you're like me play one and then like i said five minutes before lock it's like oh i'm gonna make ten more <laughs> Yeah, if, if I'm going to play one lineup, I'm looking for value. I'm looking for a guy who's going to get targeted a lot. I'm looking for a guy who's got a big void to fill with no Hopkins. I'm probably going to go to Will Fuller. So I'm looking at the prices right here, and I've got one, two, three, four Kansas City Chiefs priced above Will Fuller, who I feel very confident is going to get – probably get double digit targets here if you look at Hopkins last year he's getting nearly double digit targets every game when he goes out Fuller does it too Fuller is it going to get targeted in the end zone more than any other wide receiver I guarantee that the Houston Texans traded away Hopkins because they knew they had a wide receiver one in Will Fuller I will stand by that I think he's going to get peppered a ton I think he gets in the end zone once or twice and if you have him at captain spot you need to make sure you have Deshaun Watson down there in one of your flexes yeah so Justin if you start your lineup with um now I'm blanking with Will Fuller. Will Fuller? Yeah, with Will mm -hmm. Fuller. Uh, it, it's almost like starting your team with Tyreek Hill on the other side in terms of what you're projecting for upside. And Fuller actually makes sense because Cooks is already banged up in this spot. So if there is the deep threat, you know that Tyreek Hill is the deep threat on the other side. Now, this can go the other way because Will Fuller might like pull his hamstring with his first route into the game. But is this the type of player that you would be looking at, a cheaper wide receiver who could be the number one on his own team in a high-scoring game to be your captain? Yeah, I think that's a good way to approach it. Um, you know, the word of caution, I think, is I think 
we pretty clearly are going to want to have Patrick Mahomes in this game. Like despite his high salary, we're going to want him in there. So now by putting Will Fuller in our captain, we're almost at the point where we have to think about playing Deshaun Watson as well. Now, all of a sudden we're really expensive. So um, that would be one, one word of caution. Like what does that then do to the rest of the team? So when I look at that, I, I'm thinking about that. Now one piece, I hate to break news right here on this show, but you know, it looks like Brandon Cooks did not practice on Tuesday, um, was downgraded. seems like he has a quad issue. If that's the case, it's rocket ship season for Will Fuller. Like, uh, cause th- there was actually some, you know, there, there's some real chatter about who's the true number one there between Will Fuller Fuller and Brandon Cooks. I'm certainly on team Will Fuller. Sounds like David's on team Will Fuller, but uh, it's not out of the realm of possibilities that Brandon Cooks could have been a, a target siphon. Now, if you're telling me uh, I'm probably going to project two or three more targets for Will Fuller, I'm really, really, really interested in that. And another thing we talked about earlier is, you know, the telling the story and using these betting markets. Well, the, you know, the chiefs are favored anywhere between nine and 10 points in this game. So what does that say about what's most likely to happen in this game? Obviously is that the chiefs get out to a lead early, they milk it late, you know, their heavy run game towards the end while the Texans are playing catch up. Well, who's going to win when they're playing catch up? Will Fuller would be a great, great person to have there in the captain spot. So a lot of different ways you could get there. Just going to have to think really long and hard about how we're going to allocate quarterback salary for the rest of that lineup. Well, if you go with Fuller as your captain and you have Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, you're now left over with $4,500 left for your remaining three spots in your DraftKings lineup for this game. But let's say Cooks is out. Now, he's probably going to end up playing. But let's say he's either hobbled or he's out. Would that, Justin, put Kenny Stills and or Randall Cobb onto your Raiders? Because let's say you have like a gimpy Brandon Cooks. It's probably more reps for Stills as they might split time, or if Cooks Cooks is a bit banged up, you might get some extra reps for Kenny Stills, who's more of a vertical threat than someone like Randall Cobb, who is probably in the Kiki Cutie role that we've come accustomed to in this Texans offense and could just be the target monster, especially if they get down, just quick pass to Randall Cobb for seven yards over the middle. And all of a sudden, he's just piling up receptions, and then maybe he can find the end zone. Yeah, I think we want to be careful not to overcorrelate on the Houston side. Like I th- when we see a game has a nine and a half point spread, 10 point spread, wherever it's sitting at right this second, we know we're probably going to want uh, more, more players from the Kansas City side of this thing. So let's be careful about attributing too many roster spots. Like we get it. There are available targets <laughs> and, and, and they could be cheap, but let's not go overboard here. We want to save some money for Patrick Mahomes pass catchers too. And uh, you know, David hit on this earlier, but Daryl Williams is a great way that we could probably take advantage of that projected game script, which is, you know, we're going to be hammering the ball home late with, with the run game fourth quarter for Kansas City more than likely. Maybe he's a part of that. Maybe, maybe we have, uh, you know, misjudged exactly how big of a role Clyde Edwards Hilaire has versus Daryl Williams. And, and he's going to come in, you know, pretty cheap down there at a, at a price tag of 1800. So I, I like an idea that gets him in there. And then maybe that lets us pay up for, for one or more additional pass catchers there on the Kansas city side. Yeah. David, what do you make of the rest of your roster? If you take both quarterbacks and fuller in the captain spot, and if, let's say Brandon Cooks misses the game. Would that take you off of Fuller? Because I feel like that would make him probably the highest owned captain at that point if Cooks doesn't play. Or he's so banged up that, you know, he's playing, but he's like a game time decision that no one's going to want to take him. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I see your point with him getting more popular if, uh, you know, Cooks goes out. But I think that more people would also be trying to focus in on these Kansas City guys, too, because everyone wants to, you know, play the shiny Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs, uh, you know, that haven't got a haven't got a game in yet uh, so far this season. So <laughs> I think the spread's a little bit high. I think the total's a little bit high. I think this could be closer than, than people think. I mean, you could have a Super Bowl hangover. But look, we need to get, like Justin said, another Kansas City Chief in this lineup for sure. So we're going to have to spin down. So if we're not going to be able to take Tyreek Hill because Tyreek Hill is too expensive, then we're going to have to hope that Tyreek Hill busts. <laughs> and if Tyreek Hill busts, that means another wide receiver from the Kansas City side is going to have to get in the end zone because they're going to score points. Last week one, uh, last season week one, it was Sammy Watkins. I think it's going to be McCall Hardman this time at 5,200. He is really looks like he's taken a step up in the offseason. You're hearing good things out of camp and out of the practices now about McCall Hardman. He is fast, just as fast, almost as Tyreek Hill, maybe faster. I'd have to look it up. I know he's quick. I know he can get targeted a lot. You can go back and look at what he did last season. He had some big games and it, mostly letdowns, but now he's taken another step up i like him better than watkins and i think we go with that tyreek hill is going to bust kelsey might not get as many touches usually too i'll point out that if you have tyreek hill and kelsey on the same team those two don't really correlate that well either i noticed that last year usually one of them goes off one of them takes a step back it's tyreek hill taking a step back and go with mccall hardman this time uh, Justin, what do you make of that idea of trying to figure out the different ways to get some of these Chiefs receivers in, whether Hardman's the – I mean, Hardman's obviously the big play guy. He's still going to be returning kicks, too. That I mean, you could double dip with that Kansas City defense or just potentially luck into one, although it would be bad for your Patrick Mahomes. You want him throwing it to McCole Hardman in order to get those points. But what about someone who's like good once every three – every three of like every 16 games, Demarcus Robinson, all of a sudden yeah. comes out of nowhere? Or is that getting too cute? at 2200 uh no it's not getting too cute and especially here early in the season let's be careful about how much we think we know about any of these players and what their roles are going to be let's let's come into this a bit more open-minded and understanding like hey maybe demarcus robinson is actually still playing ahead of miko hardman it's possible um you know i, I like what i saw from miko hardman last year but if, if Andy Reid likes Demarcus Robinson, guess what? He's going to get the snaps. So, you know, being really careful about that. And, you know, I think one way that I'm sort of approaching this slate is with a David Johnson captain lineup and thinking about what that means. Now, I just, I'm so, sort of talking out of two sides of my mouth here because I just told you that the Chiefs are going to dominate. So that's going to affect game script. That obviously wouldn't be good for David Johnson, but we know that David Johnson has a chance at being sort of, um, a multi-talented, multi-use back in this offense. Now, obviously, Duke Johnson is probably the more skilled pass catcher between the two, or at least that's he's more you know uh, plugged into that role. However, what what we can do with the David Johnson captain lineup really opens things up for us because now we're not married to Deshaun Watson anymore. And by not marrying ourselves to Deshaun Watson, we opened up a lot of salary and we open ourselves up to a lot more Chiefs possibilities. Um, so if we're thinking that, you know, whatever production the, the Texans have comes through David Johnson, which is still very much a possibility. And the fact that he'll be lower on than a player like Will Fuller probably makes him really, really attractive. He's priced down there with the backup quarterbacks. Like he belongs priced higher than that. And he's not. So let's take advantage of that. Throw David Johnson in the captain spot, throw Deshaun Watson out the window, and we're going head Chiefs onslaught after that. 
Uh, David, we talked about telling yourself a story that, I mean, you can tell yourself a story that Houston just wins this game. And if that's the case, let's say they end up winning this game 28-24. Now you need David Johnson to luck into a few touchdowns here. If he can score two of the four touchdowns and you have him as your captain, you can still have all this comeback with the Chiefs and hopefully everything that they do is through the air. It's not a likely story, but when you think about like giant tournament mentality, you're playing against 175,000 other people trying to win a million bucks. Sometimes do you tell yourself, hey, Here's what I think is going to happen. Here's what most people think is going to happen. I see the Chiefs, they're minus 10. Here's how they score all their points, and here's how Houston tries to catch up. Do you think about the other side like, hey, I mean, when you think about the percentages, this is still an NFL game. Houston's probably going to win this game, what, 15% of the time, maybe 20% of the time, especially in the very first game of the year when we don't know what's going on, that you tell yourself the story that not necessarily you think is going to happen, but you know no one else is on that side either. By doing Texans running game, I feel like you box out so much of the field that if you hit, you're actually kind of alive to win at that point yeah I, I mean I like what Justin's saying here too I mean that's just a, certainly a, another good way to script this because if Houston gets up I mean I can guarantee you that they don't want Patrick Mahomes on the field so they're just going to keep trying to run it play after play get a you know get the first down get the first down work it down get it to where they can kick it in get the defense out there three and out um, so look if uh, if Kansas City's not going to win this game you're going to take a real hard look at the Houston defense because no one's going to own the Houston defense. They're going to be virtually unowned because no one wants to go against Kansas city. But I'll tell you something too. I mean, even if Kansas city puts up 14, 21 points on the Houston defense, all it takes is a fumble recovery, maybe a pick six for them to get right back in there and be in the winning lineup. at such a cheap price. I mean, people get scared of these defenses um, I wouldn't recommend you playing a quarterback against your defense, but you can use a couple players from it because really it doesn't take much. Even sacks you get points for on DraftKings. So if they can start stacking those up against a team that we really don't know how they're going to come out, I know they won the Super Bowl. I know they're supposed to be great, but this is the NFL. I mean, we see it all the week. Everyone's about to get reminded about it again. Upsets happen a lot, and people who you don't think are going to win Super Bowls or win big games win big games, and they win Super Bowls. So. Justin, if you weren't mass multi-entering these tournaments with a bunch of lineups and you were playing the one or two or three, but you still wanted to play in the giant GPPs, would it just be pure contrarian strategy at that point, knowing that you know, that gives your, gives your one or two lineups the actual best chance of winning if things break your way? Yeah, unless you actually want to have like a pretty enjoyable experience watching the game <laughs> where you actually have like a really good lineup that has like a chance at min cashing or something. And that could be kind of fun, right? Like you're just like watching the bubble move up and down the slider. That, that's kind of fun. But no, if you want a true differentiated chance at winning this thing and a positive EV lineup. Yeah, I mean, I think some of the strategies we hit on before, such as, um, you know, getting a little bit contrarian. Think about, you know, could the underdog win this game? And what does that look like? That Like that David Johnson lineup would would be a great example there or uh leaving salary on the table like i just constructed this lineup as we're talking which is a david johnson captain it's pat mahomes with travis kelsey it also has miko hardman so we're fading tyreek hill we're saying those receiver targets and touchdowns go to miko hardman and then we're double running backing it from Kansas City with Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Daryl Williams and you know that's one of those that you look at after the thing and you're like man that's that's not even a good lineup. It has two line. It has two running backs from the Chiefs. How does that pay off? Well, 
Like, what does Daryl Williams have to do to pay off at 1800? Not, not a ton, right? He just has to let you get to all those other pieces that absolutely smash. And so if that's what we can do in this situation, like that's a great lineup. This is a perfect tournament lineup and it leaves a thousand dollars left over. So I know I'm probably not going to do that with anybody. And that's, that's a great thing too. Uh, David, do you think that there's any viability to the like playing Deshaun Watson, not necessarily as your captain, or maybe as your captain? I know we talked about no quarterbacks, but at least having some sort of like weird core of the Texans alternates that we know that are probably going to be on the field, not 100% of the time, but like Randall Cobb, probably going to play 85% of the snaps, maybe 90, maybe he'll be out there for all of them. And maybe he's a bigger red zone presence than you think. Like Deshaun Watson likes to call his own number around the goal lines, but he likes to hit like... Daniel Fells or Daniel Fells, Darren Fells, Darren, Darren Fells, Darren Daniel Fells, that old guy from the Lions. D Fells is not like there shouldn't be like three of them in the league. That's not fair to me. So him, uh, I know you, like, you bring in Akins and you you resign all these guys that maybe Fells falls out of favor a little bit, but he was solid last year. It doesn't feel like anyone wants these Texans periphery pieces and they're all really cheap, David. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's how you're going to win one of these, right? I think Randall Cobb is a really good play, actually. I mean, he's going to be starting anyways. If Cooks is out, he's going to be on the field a lot of the time with Will Fuller, and then you're going to have Kenny Stills and Kiki Kuchi coming in. And as far as the tight ends go for the Houston Texans, look, I don't think – I mean, it's not going to be 100% Darren Fells every play. He's going to be mixed in with Atkins. They they like them both. You might get Fells 60%, Atkins 40%. Again, like Justin's saying, we really don't know because it's the first game of the season. But, I mean, Atkins is supposed to get on the field here. So if you want to try and take a punt with him, I mean, that's going to differentiate you. The second team tied in, nobody's going to own him. He's a little more expensive than I thought he would be at 3,200 in the flex spot. So that's going to take some people off him too. When you could go to Daryl Williams for, you know, half the price and just doing something like that uh, could get you up there in the captain spot or, or could get you up there in the winning spot. Uh, super risky. Like he's going to need to catch a touchdown to pay that off, but it could happen because if everyone say cooks is out, Fuller's getting double teamed in the end zone because we all know it's coming. Randall Cobb can't get open, and Atkins happens to be the tight end that's in the game on the five-yard line. Watson's either going to throw it in or just dump it off to him. So, again, be careful about taking too many of those pump plays on the same team, but taking one of those pump plays on your lineup is a good way to try and get to the top. That's usually what would win it for me last year. All right. I think that will do it for our picks. I guess the last question I have for you guys about this game is that, Justin, if Brandon Cooks, now that there's, you know, there's a report he didn't practice today, this is going to put people off of Brandon Cooks completely. But if he plays, and even if he's a game-time decision, I always like the strategy in like for the Millionaire Maker slate on Sunday in football that you have the running back or the player that's like 50-50 to play. But if he plays, you put him in. And all of a sudden, no one owns him anymore. And you yeah. run the risk that he sucks because he's hurt and comes out of the game early. But sometimes you just walk right into just a guy who's in a fantastic spot. And I would argue that Brendan Cooks isn't a really good spot this week against a bad defense. He's still a big play guy. And now no one's going to own him. Would that actually put you on him at all, knowing that everyone's on Fuller and no one's on Cooks? It's a perfect pivot. I mean, you couldn't ask for anything better in terms of tournament strategy to be able to swap – you know, two guys on the same team who play the same position. One's actually cheaper than the other one. And you get to do so at extreme ownership differential. Like if you tell me, 
to set a line on this between who scores more points if they both play Will Fuller or Brandon Cooks. Like it's going to be what, maybe 55, 45 Fuller if I'm setting the line. So now you're telling me we can flip that coin that's 55, 45 Fuller. And now the the ownership differential is going to be like 60% of the field on Fuller and 15% on Brandon Cooks. Like that makes it super, super enticing. So that's one really small thing that's not even that much of an underdog that has to go right for us before we're actually like leapfrogging past tons and tons of entries. And by getting that one thing right, all of a sudden we're, we're sitting green in the bubble and we're men cashing and working our way up from there. Uh, David, do you think that Cooks will be the pivot play? And now that we've talked about it, maybe he won't be. But it does sound like Fuller, based on our conversation, will be the most popular, potentially captain, but just overall everyone's going to have him. And I do think that Daryl Williams is going to end up with a lot of juice here, especially if news comes out that it's not going to be Clyde Edwards-Lair 100% of the time, that there, there's yeah. rumors that it could be a split. Then everyone's going to use Williams. I would just say fade him at that point. Yeah, probably so. I mean, hopefully no news like that comes out. I mean, people people don't know how to play these things. That's why they're <laughs> listening to your show right now to try and figure it out. But I had they, to, they, yeah, but I had to get you guys on the show cuz I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. They I mean, they you know, I think if it, they're going to take the shiny new toy with Clyde Edwards-Helaire, they might not even hear the news that he he might be splitting some carries. Look, he's going to be the workout workhorse back. But he's not going to get he's not they're not going to run him into the ground. The rookie you know, the first first game of the season is not going to happen. As far as your Brandon Cooks question, would that be the pivot for me? Uh, everything Justin saying makes total sense. I would also I would make sure, you know, what the injury is. We have seen games in the past where Cook just goes out there and kind of acts like a decoy and kind of hobbles through games. We need to make sure he is close to 100 percent. It's the first game of the season. If he's not 100 percent, don't play Brandon Cooks. Don't go out there and get him hurt the first game of the season. Uh just i mean you got to be smarter about that if you're bill o'brien as far as will fuller goes i just know what deshaun watson does too much i just know he's going to lock into that wide receiver one which i'm very confident that will fuller is this wide receiver one especially if cooks is dealing with injury and he's just going to target him as much as he can he did it with hopkins he's going to do it with fuller he did it with fuller when hopkins was out uh to me it's going to be will fuller and you know of course i'm going to sprinkle some cooks in but uh, I'm going to probably be a little overweight on Fuller. That's how confident I am in him this week. All right. I love it. Thanks, guys. So, again, you can catch David on Mayo Media Network every Thursday, or probably every Wednesday, for the Thursday Night Football Contest, breaking down the DraftKings slate. It's not going to be a 45-minute show like this. We're going to keep it snappy and get you with all the picks, all the different options that you can go through. Justin is going to be for the Monday Night Football game talking about the DraftKings slate. Justin, I want to throw the floor to you. Give the pitch to the people where they can find all of your work, where they need to subscribe, because we need to go support all the friends at the Mayo Media Media Network. Absolutely. You've got to. So go check out Captain Spot uh, on YouTube. You can go to cptspot.com and you'll have basically everything that I that I shill is right there at captainspot.com. So make sure you go check that out. Uh, we've got a lot of cool things. I've just put out a new ebook related strictly to Showdown DFS. So if you've enjoyed the things that we have talked about here tonight, I teamed up with a couple guys over at Occupy Fantasy who do a great job. Uh, Brian Jester, who's a million dollar uh, Super Bowl winning champion here in Showdown and, and 
and he and I teamed up and we wrote this thing and it's it's excellent. If you've ever wanted to know uh, anything about lineup combinations, contest selection, whatever, it's all in that ebook. So you can find that over at cptspot.com. And uh, all my writing this year is at numberball.com. So if you're interested in subbing there, uh, make sure you go to that website as well. All right. David Jones, you can find it at ftndaily.com. Not just doing NFL. He's got it all on the go, and you can catch him on Thursday nights, ftndaily.com. If you get a sub in the next week under code MAYO, which gives you a discount, you're eligible to have that sub for you and all your money given back. So just send me a screenshot on social media or email it to me, whatever. You can find me pretty easily, and you're going to be in that draw. But, David, tell everyone what you are up to in terms of using the tools, all your content over at ftndaily.com. I have been very, very impressed with everything that uh, Kevin Adams and Jeff Radcliffe and uh, all the all the guys that have been able to put together. We have uh, ftndaily.com. We have ftnfantasy.com for your season longs. We have ftnbets.com for uh, the DGENs out there. We have a parlay calculator that will look up all the sports books and tell you where the best odds are to go take your bets. It's one of the best tools in the, uh, in the industry. And I, we just came up with, with the first ones with it. You've got to go check that out. It is free. Um, I am also the lead baseball analyst at FTN. So come over, sign up. You can talk to us in our discord channel. You can ask the pros anything you want to. Um, and yeah, use code Mayo, get some, uh, get some money off. And I will try and throw a couple people a dad hat. If you tag me on Twitter, I will try and throw you an FTN dad hat. We've got a big box of them. And, and where, Oh, can, and also you got to tell people, sorry. you got to tell people your Twitter handle on this one. I know. I know that's, that's the last part. Yeah. It's at tenacious D Jones at tenacious D Jones on Twitter. Tag me. I'll try and get you a dad hat. All right, David Jones, Justin Freeman, thank you both for being on. You can catch them on Mayo Media Network, Justin on Mondays, David on Thursdays. Boom. Hopefully you can win some cash on DraftKings Showdown this season. And remember, go support them, follow them, sub to Justin's YouTube channel. The support in the Mayo Media community goes a long way, so please help me out on that one. If you want to play in my listeners league on DraftKings week one, link is in the description of this video and podcast. Spread Picks show came out yesterday too. Just subscribe to the network and everything's going to be fine. Jake Seeley from theathletic.com is on the line with me. His power just went out, but then it came back on. So he's here. Are you ready to talk about this? I, I don't know. What's this? I am ready for week one, but I don't know. What, what's this? Well, we talked about my rankings on the show before. We debated each of the positions, and you know, we didn't really come to too many compromises, but your rankings on The Athletic are now, they're out now, right? No. Oh, Tuesday not. night, midnight. Oh, my God. Tuesday night, yeah. You got to get those out earlier. People need to be clicking. No, that's uh, I, it's paywall. SEO doesn't matter as much. Oh, I suppose that's true. Although people would like access to those rankings. Then you can update them every day like I have to because they're out like a week <laughs> that's early. That's exactly uh, why I uh, don't. Uh, stuff that's changed since the last time that we talked. And again, my, like 95% of that show holds up from an information standpoint. 50% of it, my end, probably doesn't hold up from a you know good pick standpoint. Just terrible rankings, terrible picks. But the Jags backfield, James Robinson is now listed as the running back number one. Uh, Ozigbo is down to number two. And we know the role that Chris Thompson's going to play. Raquel Armstead is just on the COVID list, and we're not going to see him for a while, at least according to coach Doug Marone. <laughs> the problem here is... We talked about it then. I had Ozigbo above Robinson because that's just the way that it was looking, but I had Thompson as the highest in my rankings, both for week one and for the overall draft season. But do we want any of these guys? Like, just because James Robinson is listed as number one on the depth chart, A, that could just be fake news. And two, like, do we care? 
Like, what, what do we do with him in week one? Just not play any of these guys besides Chris Thompson? No, for week one, it's just Chris Thompson, unless you want to go for the home run play, and then you go for James Robinson because he has three-down ability, and Zigbo is more of a person that needs a compliment like Chris Thompson. But he might be the lead guy, and he might get a touchdown. Like, again, this is only if you're going for a home run, which you probably don't need to do in week one. But as I wrote in the waiver column, Go pick up both of them. I prefer James Robinson because he has that three-down ability, but, but pick up both of them. We don't know what's going to happen. I get well, – there's two things here. Like, I get the excitement because people, like, want to find the next great running back that nobody got, and you got him for nothing because you picked him off the waivers. But I, I also don't get the people over Twitter like, oh, do we really want a running back on the Jacksonville Jaguars? Yes, you want a running back on the Jacksonville Jaguars. If somebody's getting 15-plus touches every single week, you want them – it doesn't matter what damn team they play for. Everybody's, like, thumbing their nose up like they're too good to have a Jacksonville Jaguars running back. Obviously, if it's a full-blown committee, it's just what we've been saying and we said on your last show and before that, and you've been talking about this entire offseason, is Chris Thompson. But – if something happens and James Robinson comes out in week one and has 16 carries for 70 yards and another two or three catches, people are going to go bananas. They're going to blow their entire budget. They're going to go after him in the first waiver spot. So get him now in case that happens. Don't start him, but just in case that happens, at least see what happens in week one. Uh, I am adjusting the rankings. So I have Ozigbo dropped outside the top 50 for week one rankings. I have Chris Thompson at number 27 because I you know they're eight point underdogs against the Colts, even at home. I think he's going to have a very good PPR floor, even better than someone like, let's say, even James White, who we're going to get to in a second. But would you start James Robinson or carry on Johnson in week one now with Adrian Peterson in town? <laughs> That's the Adrian Peterson in town part is really interesting. So, you know what? At that point. What is Adrian Peterson probably going to get you? Maybe 60 and a touchdown. So uh, that's against the Bears too, correct? Right? Bears are week one. Bears week one. I think. Oh, well, would you play Peterson or carry on? Hmm. I'd play Peterson. I think I'd play I think, like I, think the, I, I mean, it's very clear that they don't want carry on whatsoever, but I think that's, at, but at least <laughs> for week on one, to. you got to think that the, there's ever a week to use them. It would be this week. I wouldn't want to use them, but I think out of all Lions running backs, here's the thing. It's probably Lions running backs that you don't want because that's going to just be full-blown committee regardless of what happens. Uh, until DeAndre Swift takes even when he's Even when he's back. It's, you don't sign Adrian Peterson just because you know, you feel so good about Swift. No, you sign Adrian Peterson because you don't know if Swift's healthy for week one. You don't draft DeAndre Swift if you don't plan for him to be your option. I don't know. It's just the same thing that happened with like Damian Harris and with the Patriots or Rashad Penny with the Seahawks. Damian Harris was some, hurt. Some, some, sometimes, Harris. sometimes you get these guys, it just turns out they're no good. No, no, no. It wasn't, it's still not that he did any good. Damian Harris got hurt, and he's also playing for a Bilicek team that has 18 options to begin with. Sure, but he's still not. I mean, he came back after his. He could have played towards the end of last year and was just never active after he returned from his injury. And now he's back on the pup list already. Yeah, because he's hurt. DeAndre Swift is not Damian Harris. He's already he's hurt. So okay, so that makes him Damian Harris. Just because I, I he don't got know. Hurt? Here's the thing: like, if it's not going to be like, oh, if if it's a one week injury for Swift, oh yeah, no big deal. If it's four week, oh, let's let's sign Adrian Peterson. Like, you can't just run out the myriad of running backs you already have. It's such an essential thing that you have to go out and get Adrian Peterson. Like, this just reeks of committee. Yeah, because this that was the whole appeal to the Lions is that they drafted DeAndre Swift and their backup options were both Scarborough and Jason Huntley, who they let go. They let Huntley go. They brought in Adrian Peterson just for the depth situation. This is not his backfield unless DeAndre Swift just never comes back. That's that's what it is. I don't know. I, I just I don't trust Matt Patricia. I don't trust this backfield. 
Yeah, well, that's fine. I but, will give me. I'll I'll buy DeAndre Swift off to you every single league. That, that would assume I had him in the first place, which I don't. <laughs> uh, would you? So you would play Peterson over Carryon. Would you play James Washington over any of those guys? I mean James Robinson. James like, Robinson. Why are you going yeah. the wide receivers? Yeah, <laughs> James Robinson over those guys. I mean, between all of this. I don't. Why are we making this decision in week one? How how bad is your team that you're deciding between Adrian Peterson, Carryon Johnson, and James Robinson? Like, what the hell did you do? Because like, that's that's really the, what the question should was be. The, I called you to do the update because these are the names that people are talking about right now. These are the questions that I'm getting about these guys. Like, where do I put them in the ranks? Like, I have them behind Philip Lindsay, for example. Well, I would rather play Philip Lindsay than all of these guys. We'll throw yeah. Fournette into this bucket too. Would you play Fournette over all of these guys? Yes. Yes, you would. So would you would you play Fournette over Ronald Jones? Mm, yeah, half point, full point PPR, I would. Yeah, I think I'm start- I mean, I'm starting to lean that way as well because it feels like if anyone's going to get a touchdown on the Bucks, it's probably going to be Fournette, not Ronald Jones. Well, but here's the thing, too. You want to talk about teams showing us or trying to tell us what they're really thinking with their actions. You don't believe in Ronald Jones if you sign LaShawn McCoy and then pick up Leonard Fournette. You, that's, that doesn't tell me you believe Ronald Jones. Like, can we stop with that? So maybe Lauren Leonard Fournette takes a week or two to get into the groove of things. Tom Brady loved his Instagram post. Uh, I mean, like Tom Brady's on board with Leonard Fournette. I would, and to go to the other one, you know, if you're going for upside, like maybe you're just, you're running back stunk because you drafted a month or two ago. Maybe you have Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. If you want to go for the home run pledge, James Robinson, I, I say in I, week one, you know, this is what we look at for lineups. This if you have to make this decision. If you're going the safest route, I would assume the safest route is Adrian Peterson. Uh, I would assume the highest ceiling is James Robinson. I would not really want to mess with any of it, though. So uh, of the guys that we've just mentioned in my week one rankings, I've adjusted them around. Again, you can find them up on DKPlaybook.com and in the description of this video and podcast. But I have Chris Thompson, number 27. I have Leonard Fournette, number 30. James Robinson, number 33. That's one spot ahead of James White and Jordan Howard. Just not quite sure of how that's going to go. And then Carrion Johnson, 41. Adrian Peterson, 43. I still think I'm going to lean with the guy that's been on the team, although it's very clear that they hate his guts. Well, I mean, man, talk about not possibly being healthy. The dude's had a knee brace this entire offseason. Maybe he's still not 100%. He hasn't shown up on any of the injury reports, though. Maybe this knee brace. And he is hasn't solved. shown up on any positive report. Like nobody said, "Oh, Carryon Johnson looks good." That's tell me that's not concerning. With as positive of off seasons are every single year, there hasn't been one report saying Carryon Johnson looks like he's got his explosiveness back. Carry Johnson looks like he's going to hold off DeAndre Swift. There has been nothing good about Carryon Johnson. Just the fact that he hasn't shown up on an injury report is stunning. So at least if he's healthy, maybe he has one good week in him. I mean, I have him at number forty-one. I'm actively trying to not play carry on Johnson <laughs> if I don't have to. I don't want to play Adrian Peterson either, but like I think that those guys are on a substantial gap down from some of the other guys that we talked about who in turn are running back threes at best. Like they're flex plays if your team sucks. Right. All right. So yeah, don't deal with the situation if you don't have to. I'd play wide receivers at my flex before I messed with this. I, I think that's it's funny that people get really like bogged down into that's how people did fail like Andercust is the biggest proponent of this he's like you gotta play a running back in your flex spots like that's like what people did 15 years ago there are so many better like fringe wide receivers than there are running backs like it's insane yeah it's well it's not even fringe I mean there's like upside guys like I for my rankings column I do sleepers at the beginning and like my calling my chase the river play, like, like the boomer bust is Deontay Johnson, which a lot of people probably want to play anyway, but he's facing Isaac, Isaac Yadam, however you say his name, the Do- guy that the Giants you- traded like a six. Dr. Isaac what? Yankum, the guy who would become Kane <laughs> and fought Bret Hart at SummerSlam in 1993. 
Did you just pull? That's like might be the deepest pull you've ever had. I just remember that very vividly from when I was a kid. You're like five percent of your audience knows what they five percent. Come on, way lower than that. Uh, so in any case, this is somebody who you exploited in matchups last year when he was on the Broncos and the Giants traded for him because they have no healthy options back there besides Bradbury. And then they just signed Logan Ryan, who's going to play a safety or some hybrid type of situation. But anyway, the the option here, the situation is that De- Deontay Johnson should be drawing Yadam. So Yadam, however you say his last name, whatever. But point being is like those are, I'd play those kind of guys before I started screwing around with the running backs like this. Uh, two bits of wide receiver news uh, as of right now. Devontae Parker looks like he's fine with his minor injury that was never disclosed. So I've moved Devontae Parker back up. I had him recently. I just put him down early on in the week one when we first did the show. So I didn't know what this injury was all about because no one would say anything. Now apparently it's fine. I moved him up to number 27 in week one. Basically I took him and, and put him in the Brandon Cook spot because, hey, guess what? Brandon Cook's already hurt. Um, it's going to be on Thursday night. Maybe if he's somewhat limited, maybe not. But I'm going to go with Fuller over Cooks in week one. And I'm going to move Cooks down to number 36 in the rankings behind Henry Ruggs. Do you worry about either of these guys? Because whenever I hear anything in Brandon Cooks, it, it starts to worry me a little bit. Uh, well, so I will reference one thing. And, you know, it's credit to them. But Stefania Bell for ESPN said, you got to remember one. This is when I was talking about Tra- Travis Kelsey earlier this morning. And everybody's like, oh, my God, he hyperspecting the knee. Travis Kelsey, panic, ah, run for the hills. But what she was saying is the fact that the new rules that were actually started last year is you have to report everything once you get to injuries practice. Like if you miss practice or you have to step out from practice, you have to report what it is now for the NFL. Most blame the damn Patriots for this, but the Brandon Cooks one, at least what some of the beat writers are saying is that it's not that big of a deal. It's just they're making sure he's healthy. It is Monday. Now it's Tuesday. They're just making sure it's not anything that a tweak that's going to carry over to the game should be fine. You know, so that's one of the things is like this might not have even been reported in years past, two, three years ago. So I'm not that worried. If Cooks starts the game, I'd still go Cooks over Fuller, but I understand the trepidation given his... But his injury history is mostly the concussions. It is, but just anything with him. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, God, here we go. If he's one step slower, is that going to be like his 28th concussion? And then he's out for the rest of the game. I don't want that in week one. Not in the opening game, Jake. I, I just... I can't handle it. Not that I have a ton of Brandon Cooks, but if I was... Playing, I was just about to say, you probably didn't even draft them. No, I drafted Will Fuller. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so I'm, I'm super psyched to get my one game out of. Hopefully it's really great. Uh, and it happens in the Thursday night game. I mean, that's the one thing that people overlook in fantasy football. I mean, some people want the hammer of the Monday night game to come back and storm the scoreboard in your matchup. I, I think you should build positive momentum going into the weekend by having some good Thursday performances. Yeah, it just plays with the psychology of the players on your team. It's like when you well, rest. The, the it's, thing- it's like it's like when you rest your guys during the. If you have a first round buy in the fantasy playoffs, you take your guys from their starting spots and put them on your bench. You give them the theoretical rest that week. I mean, that goes a long way for your fantasy team. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's all that. I actually like Thursday for the reason, like it's both psychological, psychological, as you said, and for your own team. So if you go into Thursday night, you play Brandon Cooks. He goes off. Now, when you're trying to make a decision, maybe in your flex, you say, hey, do I need safe or do I need upside? Now, you know, you can take the safe one, the tiebreaker that you're going to frustrate yourself with. If he does nothing, gets hurt, leaves early, now you need a breakout play. And then conversely, the psychological thing, as you just mentioned, Brandon Cooks does go off. Will Fuller goes off. And all of a sudden, your opponent's looking at a 20-point deficit already to start the week. They're going to be more aggressive in their own lineup and potentially make a bad decision. Yeah, it might be the difference between playing someone like Jamison Crowder, who I would say is probably a floor play, a safer play, someone I like better than, like, let's say, 
Deshaun Jackson. But at the same time, if one of them is going to score 30 points, it's probably Deshaun Jackson. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you saw. I remember last year, Jameson Crowder put up like, what was it, 40 points in two games against the Bills, surprisingly? Well, you know, it's actually one of my favorite prop bets for week one is over Jameson Crowder receptions. But that could, if he doesn't get into the end zone, then it's all of a sudden like eight catches for 57 yards or something like that. Where DJX, being like the only guy left standing in Philly, could just be bomb central to him. It, c- it could be the Julian Edelman special, 13 for 80, and get you 21 points. I would take it. I would take. I have a lot of Jamison Crowder, so I mean, I would definitely take that. But I, I, what I'm just overall discussing, not necessarily their matchup week one, but the types of players that they are. You have your safe, solid, like PPR type guys. They're going to do most of their damage through bulk and volume, but not a lot of yardage. Where then you have your high A dot players like Deshaun Jackson, or at least the the vision of Deshaun Jackson that we have in our heads that he's the big play guy. He's going to score you an 80 yard touchdown, that kind of thing, because of his speed. Where put to the test, if you're down by 20 points, you probably want to roll the dice in your matchup with the long touchdown guy over sort of the safer guy who's you know probably guaranteed to get you at least eight points but probably nothing more than 16 unless he really goes off right yeah, <laughs> yeah. i'm mean, spelling it out there for anyone who's new uh, Correct. Any, any other wide receiver so let's talk about the eagles because it looks like Regor is going to be back for week two he's going to miss week one alshon's like off this planet at this point besides deshaun jackson like did you have a feel for who's going to be the other one is it going to be arcega whiteside is it going to be greg ward arcega whiteside apparently you gotta say it right now i don't know no 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 I don't pronounce anyone's name right until they actually have a decent fantasy performance ever. <laughs> All right. Well, so in any case, uh, yeah, it sounds like Ortega Whiteside. Is, uh, what did I say? Didn't we just talk about this in the last episode? I brought up the Nikhil Harry comparison. I don't know how many shows I do at this point. They all get mixed together. I just continually have said, why are people so ready to go back and buy into Nikhil Harry, who for all reports was having a bad offseason and yet they just threw J.J. Arthega Whiteside in the trash, who had a similar high ceiling coming into out of the draft, and everybody was super excited for him, had a miserable rookie season, just like Harry. But the difference between Harry and him, he was having the positive spin. Looks good. Looks like potentially the guy they drafted, blah, blah, blah. And they're both in the same situation. They're both the number twos right now. I'm not saying go drop people for Ortega Whiteside and get super excited and you know, maybe just see what happens in week one. But Deshaun Jackson's not exactly a prime example of health. Uh, Ortega Whiteside might just be one to remember the name if something happens in the waiver wire. And it, it might even be week one. But then again, Deshaun Jackson, he's the epitome. Like he's the one everybody re- remembers for the myth of revenge games because he what is somehow does it every single time. And he also does a lot in week ones very often. So I feel like DJ or DJ G Jax is like a smash in week one, honestly. Uh, we talked about Damian Harris going to the injured reserve. That wasn't the case. The last time that we had spoke, it just looked like he was going to miss week one or at least be limited in week one. Is this just a situation where Sony Michelle is coming back from this foot injury? Mike Reese is reporting <laughs> at a Boston that, you know, he might get in and be mixed in like that. It's James White or no one. And even James White probably isn't that great of a play. Uh, I think it's just James White. No, I, I don't have a problem with him not being that great. I think he is a good play. Uh, we saw he, Chris like, McCaffrey caught caught plenty from Cam Newton. Sure, but that's also assuming James White's Christian McCaffrey, which he's not. No, but my point is, like, James White, he's not going to get hurt by Cam Newton. He's still going to see passes come his way. I'm not talking about Christian McCaffrey volume. Just like everybody wants to say, oh, now Cam Newton's there. It's going to kill James White's value. Why? 
I don't. Cam know. Newton knows how to throw to the running back. Ah, uh, Cam Newton didn't throw to running backs until Christian McCaffrey came along. I get that. That's in his. So it's not like he forgot. No, it's not like he didn't forget. But it's not sort of the same snap share where Christian McCaffrey is on the field for one hundred percent of snaps. If the game flow goes awry, right. then all of a sudden I'm not getting... James White's not going to be on the field, not being able to catch passes. No, but I'm not. I'm not putting James White as an RB one. We're putting James White where he always deserves to be as a flex RB three and a solid one at that. Somebody you could trust, and the only one that you want to trust in this backfield. I don't think anything's changed from the Patriots backfield that we've always understood. The only thing is like Rex Burkhead might score t- two touchdowns in the first week, and everybody's going to go bananas for him on the waiver wire, and then watch him put up a dud next week. Well, in half point and or PPR, I have James White for my half point rankings. I have James White at number thirty four in the rankings. I actually put James yeah. Robinson a spot ahead of him i think i would just even if it turns out to be zero points i think i'd rather roll the dice on robinson over james white this week i don't think i would go that far but i, I, am. I understand what play you're james robinson over james white oh yeah I'm, I'm obviously not changing your opinion i'm just telling you i wouldn't do it uh i would start chris thompson over him too tell you the truth well, I would start Chris Thompson, yes, but we've already established my love for chris thompson this year fournette or james white Fournette, I'd, I'll I'll just risk that. I'll risk the Fournette because if again go back to what has been told by their actions that they don't like Ronald Jones, and I know he keeps saying he's their guy, but Bruce Arians has said a lot of people are his guy. And then the very first week, that was actually the whole point. You remember this, Pat? About a month ago, when Ronald Jones was getting talked up, everybody always started listing out the Arians running backs that he said there was his guy, and how none of them panned out. So why are we all of a sudden believing him? picking up Fournette and still saying Ronald Jones. Why are we saying like, okay, it's still, it's still Ronald Jones. It might not be. And if Fournette's going to come in here, Fournette's not great in the passing game, but he's better than Ronald Jones as we just saw last year. And guess what? He's just as good as a runner. So why wouldn't Fournette potentially get the opportunity here? And I mentioned it, Tom Brady's loving his posts. So if Tom Brady is loving his posts on Instagram and something there, it's just one of these things. You got, you got. I still think that the only must play from the Bucks in Week One is Godwin. I mean, you're going to start Evans, obviously, but I think that Godwin's is the legit awesome play, and everyone else just might like basically just eat each. It's like a snake that eats its own tail. Like there are just too many people around. I don't know who's going to be who. You're not Gronk smashing in the first week. No, I'm not Gronk smashing the first week because it's going to be like Cameron. He's bright all of a sudden. And you're going to be like, oh, God, no. OJ Howard it? looks great again. Oh, yeah, every, everyone. No, he doesn't look great, though. <laughs> that, that's the problem. That, that's the thing that people are talking up. OJ Howard. They want to play Gronk. If so, facto, Cameron break goes up. That's just how this works. It's fantasy. I was watching a home league last night, not mine, a buddy's, and I was watching it online because they had it on sleeper and you can watch somehow. I forget how they do. Anyway, Gronk went in the seventh round. Oh, wow. It's a bad pick. <laughs> yeah. Well, so was the Pittsburgh Steelers in the ninth. The Pittsburgh Steelers defense? Yeah. Hot D. You got to get in on those D. <laughs> the, the run of Ds was about to start. Had to jump ahead of the game. Do, do you want to guess when the first two kickers went? Oh, 10th round, 8th round? 11th. I don't, close. I don't actually play in the league, leagues with kickers anymore. I don't have a single league that has kickers. Actually, maybe one I'm drafting tonight has one. So I have one of my old friends leagues. I just doubt he got rid of kickers. Who is the best kicker? <laughs> I don't know. Ban, I just was holding up my shirt. Ban kickers. I don't play with kickers. I, yeah, play I, I understand freaking... that, Jake, but you're a big nerd. You're probably like all over who ranks no, kickers. I legitimately spend this much of my brain on kickers. Jamie Eisenberg forced me to play. Like, I play this one league for... Uh, 
I guess forced me. It's it's for the St. Jude's. So I'm, you know, I'm gonna play in the league, but it has kickers, so it forces you to take a kicker. So I went all the way to the very last round. I found somebody that's completely irrelevant, not even on rosters, but he has an awesome name. It was like Jaden Hurden Kirst or something. I don't even remember what the guy's name was. It was awesome. I just took an awesome name. All right. Uh, anything else? You I'll think, take the zeros. Anything else that we should add to this uh, rankings wise? Any, any more? Jaden Oberkrom. That's what it was. Oh, Oberkrom. Perfect. You can, you, can <laughs> wear, you can wear his shirt while you're not starting kickers. Um, any other like news and injuries or some sort of uh, player that you think is just moving up the rankings that you didn't weren't so high on, like even a week ago, four days ago, that you're like, oh, man, that's a lot better. Uh, Zach Moss. I feel like that this, these reports are legitimate, not so much for the fact of the fumbling issues for Devin Singletary, because there's been fumbling issues with other running backs before, but Zach Moss is better between the tackles, but he's also just as good as a pass catcher. I think I might've told you this on your last show or the show before that. I know we've talked about it, but Singletary, people see him and assume he's a very good pass catcher. He's good. He's just not terrific because people see the size and the style and they assume that. So if Moss is nearly as good as he is in the passing game and Singletary is going to struggle between the tackles and going to struggle with ball control, you know, Zach Moss might be a nice sleeper play for week one, and he might actually end up, you know, put it this way. I'm buying now on Zach Moss, and I'm also buying Devin Singletary because what if it comes out in 730, 70 to 30 and it's still Singletary? But if it goes one way or the other in week one, it's going to be too late by week two. Somebody's going to be all over whoever the running back is. All right. That will do it on the Pat Mayo Experience Rankings Update. Jake Seeley, you can follow on Twitter at AllInKid. Check out his rankings on theathletic.com. I'm sorry about lipping you for your rankings not being out. I keep forgetting it's Tuesday. <laughs> for, whatever, for whatever reason, like I'm a day ahead of where I normally am in my schedule because it's week one. I'm able to work ahead a little bit. I'm like, it's Wednesday and your rankings are now? That's really weird. And they're not coming out till midnight? That's strange. <laughs> and now it all kind of clicks you, in my you head. You totally missed the part when I said midnight as well i actually said the day and everything and you still didn't click because i'm with you i'm like i've been i saw I, I do my workout six days a week and i'm already like i was starting to get ready to do my run which is normally tomorrow now oh, see there maybe you just pack into two running days in a row and you'll be good coming up <laughs> later this week on mayo media network and the pat mayo experience podcast it's going to be showdown DraftKings showdown strategy DraftKings showdown picks for the Thursday night game and we're going to be running a showdown not featuring me but with experts in DraftKings showdown in their own solo videos for the Thursday night and Monday night games every single week this football season so you'll want to be subscribed to the Mayo Media Network for that Uh, the rankings will be updated on dkplaybook.com mostly everything you can do you can find in the description of this video just hot links to go everywhere um so our former ranking show that came out earlier this week you can go check that out still very relevant the spread big show from monday one of the best shows of the year as always the flagship show of the pat mayo experience uh the one with the least amount of information, but very fun to watch uh, in terms of betting. I released a giant betting show with Rob Pizzola about how to actually bet on the NFL. Uh, he's a professional sports better, and he gave some incredible insight. Uh, one of the coolest chats that I've had in a really long time, a much different vibe than the rest of my shows. I'd suggest you go check that out. I just suggest you watch all the fucking videos, all right? Just go do that. Uh, also, those giveaways, ftndaily.com. You get a football package. You're in a draw if you screenshot it to me. You get a free package. You get your money refunded to you. You better use code MAYO to get your discount, though. The same for FTNBets.com for the betting package and all of the tools that go in. I mean, there's a parlay calculator in there. There's all of the stats you could ever need. And if you do shop around for lines, all of a sudden, 
You can just type in the game that you want. You can find out where the best line is. That is really the best part of this entire package. Uh, so ftnbets.com. Use code MAYO for all of that. Thank you all for watching. We've got more coming out for you this week. Enjoy week one. I'll see you next time. Family experience! Experience!